you're listening to Commerce Street, a podcast about business and technology in South Texas. Building a business in the heart of downtown is not an easy feat. On this edition of Commerce Street, we're looking at two success stories. One, the story of brothers from Mexico who got to know San Antonio and built the bakery empire of La Panaderia. The other is the story of Rosella's, a cozy coffee shop that found a niche in a trendy area and grew into a household San Antonio brand. Both of these owners have a passion to add something unique to the business landscape of downtown. At La Panaderia, the brothers set their sights on a restaurant in San Antonio after years of experience in commercial baking in Mexico. They knew they would have to start small, a farmer's market in the quarry where their unique recipes sold out. Speaking to co-owner David Caceres in his thriving and noisy location on Houston Street, he described the spark they found in those humble beginnings. And we were sold out six months in a row every single Sunday, no matter how much bread we were baking. Uh, so this is a pretty, it's a pretty amazing story, but since there, uh, we already felt that we were successful, but we were very far, you know, very far. So it took us some time to file our, uh, our first brick and mortar, which is Broadway location. But it was small, it was 1,500 square feet, you know. So we designed and we put everything together and we opened and, and boom, we were sold out every day. From there, his now iconic location on Broadway and eventually breaking into downtown, an at first seemingly impossible task. A lot of people told us that it was, um, it was crazy to open a bakery here in downtown, you know. But I always had this idea that if you want to create a brand, you have to go to the heart of the community. And there is, the heart, there is nothing like more close to the heart than downtown, you know. And that's the way that you have to go. If you go to the suburbs, maybe you could be successful in a, in a neighborhood, you know. But if you really want to go into the community, you really want to belong to something, then you have to go to the heart. You have to be very involved. And that's what happened when we opened this location. We opened the doors and it was a success immediately, like that. It was not easy at first, but once the doors were open, it was magic. The brothers couldn't keep people away. We asked David, what do you think created this magic, this electricity in the air? I think that one of the biggest factors that um, has to be, uh, can you relate with our success, it's uh, that we're authentic, you know? Um, in, our, in the values of the company, we have a list of values and we try to make it very real. Very real. Uh, one of the values that is very important is uh, stay true through your origins, you know? So be yourself, be really yourself, you know? like. Uh, uh, a lot of people say, uh, want to use names that are fancy, you know, or just like, um, uh, we always uh, in the past wanted to be more French, you know, but we're not French, you know, we are what we are. We have the influence, but we are what we are. We're Hispanic and that's, that's it. That's what we are. Um, so that's the name La Panaderia has a lot to do with that. Like we were thinking always about, um, you know, like fancy names, or different names, or European names, whatever. But at the end, uh, someone told us, like, um, when, they, they, when they listened to us, they said, you know the word that is always there, La Panaderia. When we were kids, where are you going to La Panaderia? Where are you coming from, from La Panaderia? You know, La Panaderia was, since we were kids, everywhere in our life. 
so that's a true ourself and that's I think that, that that's the important part of the brand, that really the authenticity. And coming with social media, if you are able to put that authenticity in social media, people know it, you know. I always say like businesses like people, you know that there is a soul, but nobody can see it. So business has a soul, but people cannot see it, but they know it. He says social media has had a huge impact. It impacts everything. We wouldn't be able to create the business, the brand that we have right now without social media. So what happened is like in the past, like let's say 20 years ago, uh, you had to go with the radio, you have to go with the TV. And those things were very expensive. So just brands like uh, Coca-Cola, you know, like uh, Apple at that time, or just uh, Marlboro, those old brands, they had the money, really the resources to go to TV and radio. Radio maybe was a little bit more accessible, but still it was not that easy. It still was expensive. And social media changed everything because anyone can have it. Anyone. It depends on how uh, authentic you are. Another thriving downtown business aims to bring local character to the center of the city. You may know Rosella's, which has become a household name in San Antonio in just a few years. Owner Charles Gonzalez started the first location just north of downtown and later another version in the Rand Building on Houston Street. We spoke to him on the phone while he was in Seattle, which many would call the coffee capital of the country. He says as he was getting started, he had a lot of thoughts on where he wanted San Antonio's downtown to be in the future. I think just the fact that it looked like, um, you know, there was a lot going on or a lot that was going to start happening um, in downtown, I think a lot of stuff as far as like the revitalization of it and then having grown up in San Antonio and, and been able to travel to other cities and seeing kind of like what their downtowns look like compared to what San Antonio's downtown looks like. And it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a really, I guess, tough comparison because it's, downtown has always seemed to kind of struggle with becoming more of like a, a really good um urban core or hub of activity because I do have a lot of pride in, in the city and, and I've always felt like the downtown core really should see some sort of rebirth and revitalization. His travel showed him what San Antonio needed and how he could be a part of it. I, I think there's a there's a big desire too to try to bring more locally owned um, independent companies into the urban core too. Like when you go to some other cities, you see a lot of that too. And it's definitely a huge challenge, but I think being able to have independent companies that are, you know, native to San Antonio also kind of helps the, the attraction of, of tourists and other businesses too to downtown San Antonio. Because it's like if you go to, this is not a knock on River Center. I mean, you have to do what you have to do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you go to, like River Center, I mean, it's, it's all these shops and restaurants that you could find anywhere. Like if I go to another city, and I think a lot of other people, when they go to another city and they want to go to like, oh, I want to go see downtown, they don't want to go to a bunch of chains that they can go to at home. I mean, that's part of the experience of going to another city. His location in the Rand building has a growing audience. Of course, you have the people who work in the Rand and the surrounding buildings but also an increasing amount of tourists who are venturing beyond the seemingly strict borders of the tourist district. Not really. I always kind of think of like this almost like a, a cartoon where people kind of walk along Houston, but once they hit Soledad, it's kind of like they get bounced and turn back around and start walking back towards downtown. But yeah. I think that's, that's 
you know, starting to change with us being there, the new Frost Tower and the, the, the San Pedro Creek, you know, what's going on over there. Now people are going to start migrating a little bit more past just, um, you know, what's been known as kind of like the tourist part of, of Houston Street. One area of growth he hopes to see is bringing people to live downtown. He shares the frustrations of many city leaders and their efforts to bring people to the urban center, which is lacking compared to other cities. Also, the, the residential side to it, like, even you know, a city like that or even in Seattle or I know I'm mentioning like much larger cities like Dallas or Houston. But even though it's not just the fact that they have these smaller independent shops, but they also have the, the residential side to, to help help those businesses not only thrive, but really succeed. Um, and I think that's always been another big challenge and a, a hurdle that I think there are people there that are that are starting to work on it, but to get more residential units in the downtown area to, to make it a truly livable downtown. I think that's always been one of the, the big challenges, you know, for people who especially, yeah. you know, want to live and work in San Antonio, but want to live and work in downtown. That's really not a, a, a really viable option. Like David, Charles also had issues with building a business in an aging building. I think anytime you go into an, an old building as opposed to new construction, you kind of really never know what you're going to find. Like a good example is the first location we have down on Jones, it was in, it's in an old warehouse. And um, we found out after um, we started working on it that there was a false floor um, back in the kitchen area. So it used to be kind of like a sunken level um, and so that created a challenge just with how we were going to do plumbing and how we were going to do um, supporting um, some of the, the, the basically the rest of the space. And then with the RAND, we ran into some issues where we were going to polish the concrete. And then once they started kind of cleaning it up, it just kind of started turning to dust. So polishing was no longer an option. But that, I mean, that ended up being, you know, a, a costly um solution, but it ended, I think in the long run, it ended up being better because instead of having the concrete, we ended up putting the wood flooring, which gives it a much nicer feel. We asked Charles how social media had influenced his business. He wasn't as confident as David about its power, but he feels the power is in the people. I think it definitely, it definitely affects it just from the fact of, um, you know, I think we've done a, done a kind of a little bit of a better job um, lately of letting some of our our bar staff and some other staff kind of promote some of the things we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's always challenging to really understand how likes kind of turn into revenue. Um, it's more kind of like anecdotal, I guess, statistics that we have of, of people who come in and say, you know, oh, I saw this on Facebook or my friend sent this to me on Facebook. Like a lot of people we've talked to while producing this podcast, Charles is excited to be part of the San Antonio of the future. I think it's, it's exciting to be a part of it because it's, It'll be fun in, you know, 10 or 20 years when the downtown area has a completely different feel and look and to, to, to get to say, hey, we, we were a part of that, you know, from the, from the early stages. Producer Kristen Dean is here with me now to talk a little more about their stories. So, Kristen, I'm pretty new to San Antonio. I've lived here for about a year, but you've lived here for a long time. What did you take from hearing both of these stories? Really, I love that last um, soundbite that from Charles where he said that, you know, he, it's exciting to be part of the, the growth of the downtown area. He's right. It's not going to look anything 20 years from now. It's not going to look anything like it looks now. And he's looking ahead. He said building a business, setting up a business that looks ahead to the future of downtown, what the future is going to need 
you know, and responding to that rather than what's happening right now. One of the things I've noticed in reporting at City Hall is that right now leaders are having to answer all of these questions about what is it going to look like to make downtown an inviting place for businesses to start up and to flourish and to make more people want to spend more time downtown. Um, And we're seeing a lot of those conversations and debates happening right now, everything from building streets, where do you add bike lanes, the bike lanes on Broadway situation, to, you know, what do we want to see in this particular part of town? Um, so I think that's going to be really interesting to watch. One of the most interesting things I thought about uh, Charles's interview was he was talking about what really draws people downtown is more unique businesses, local businesses that add that unique flair rather than, you know, chain places. That's what city leaders are looking for. That's why there are programs which we may explore you know, that that support these local businesses, that support uh, unique talent coming in and different sorts of of shops and cafes and that kind of thing. I think it's also going to be interesting to see how the identity of downtown develops and what people think of when they think of downtown. Because when I picture downtown, I see the skyline and I see all of the municipal buildings. I see the county courthouse. And I do think of some of those businesses... But I don't always think of it as a shopping, dining, going out destination. There are definitely places to go and places to visit downtown for sure. But you're usually planning ahead. I'm going to park downtown. I'm going to go do this. I would like to see if it's going to become a destination where I say, you know, let's just go meet downtown. We'll walk and talk and um, explore a little bit. So I, I think I'm interested to see what that looks like. The more people you have living in the downtown area, the more friendly it is for people to come in and the more friendly it is for businesses to start. And so that's that's where it all comes from. You have to have people to have businesses. And we, and we do hear that often, that density is what creates more of an atmosphere. And I can tell you just from personal experience, when I moved to San Antonio about a year ago, I was looking for where I wanted to live. And I'm a young, single, urban professional. Um, and it was really, really hard to find any anywhere affordable downtown. Even with a middle-income salary, it was tough for me to find anything that I knew that I could responsibly budget in. So when I was looking, I saw mostly rents that were a 1000 or over for a one-bedroom. There were a couple deals here or there. You could find them. I know our web producer actually found a really great one, but those right now are few and far between. So when we talk about affordable housing, I think finding just options for everyone. And then also, of course, making it possible for, you know, every family to have a chance at living in that area that we want to be such a heart of our city. Yeah. And going back to La Panaderia, the story that David told about, uh, you know, his his shop and how explosively popular it became, that is just an astounding story to me because you always hear it's so hard for a business to make it. You hear it's so hard to get started. It's those first two years that are so crucial and so many businesses fail, so many restaurants fail, and it's just this common cliche. And then here you have David just starts making his amazingly good pastries and his business, they have people knocking down the door trying to get these pastries and it just exploded into this phenomenon. And it's it's really astounding to see. And it just tells you that they have they have this magic. And I think that goes back to some of what we were hearing and what you just discussed about making sure that there's kind of a unique 
local aspect to the product that you're selling. Even just pulling up his Instagram and scrolling through the pictures of the products that they sell, you see stuff here that you wouldn't see at a normal pastry shop. You click on this, it's a cruffin a blend of a croissant and a muffin with a little lime slice on the top. And this is like something that I hadn't seen anywhere else. So I think even having that truly different product um, is part of what brings people through the doors. But then that consistent service and that atmosphere that you get there keeps you coming back. Yeah, I really loved what he was saying about how he added tequila to some of the pastries and how that really added a twist. And I just love that. He takes these classic pastries, these classic recipes, adds his own little twist to it, and then they just become insanely popular because people just are crying out for this kind of creativity, this kind of edginess. People are coming here because it's such a great, affordable city to live in and it has has a very unique character to it. And these two restaurants are just another indicator of that. It's another... It's more evidence that this is just, this is a city on the rise. This was Commerce Street, a podcast about business and technology in South Texas. Thanks for listening.